Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Now our reading today is going to come from the book of Psalms, triple one, verses 10. Psalms 111, verses 10 common portion of scripture or at least statement that you have heard I believe all your life you hear people say it you know you hear people teach it and today I pray by God that I will give you a certain understanding about such a deep 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 scripture the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom a good understanding have they all that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Now, for those of you who have been in salvation for quite some years, you can attest that you have heard this portion of scripture or statement spoken that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And today I want to take time to dissect and demystify this wonderful revelation that I'm going to call the beginning of wisdom. So we say, what is that? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What really is the beginning of wisdom? Proverbs has told us what wisdom can do. In chapter 2, in chapter 3, wisdom is spoken of. The Bible tells us that wisdom is the mother of all witty inventions. Wisdom is the giver of life. Wisdom is the giver of wealth. Wisdom preserves. Wisdom undergirds. Wisdom carries prudence. With wisdom we wage war. Wisdom is success. Wisdom is advantage. Wisdom is progress. Wisdom is profitable to direct. Scripture has spoken whatever wisdom can give. And everybody here should know the importance of divine wisdom. The Bible separates the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the world, the Bible says, is brought to nothing. In its wisest form, it ends in corruption because it stems from a fallen nature. There is something that Adam and Eve lost when they fell that day. So it doesn't matter how precise and amazing it could be. If it is of this world, the Bible says it is brought to nothing. When Paul is speaking, he says we don't speak the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. But he said that we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world and to our glory. So God looked at you and designed a life of glory for you. And he kept you wisdom. 
Because in you, when you can connect, if you will connect to that wisdom, there was a clear guarantee that you will live a glorious life on earth. That you will not live as a survivor. That you will not live as a victim. That you will not live weak, beggarly. That you will not live disadvantaged, distressed and disgruntled. It's amazing that this God hid, this God kept, even before the foundations of the world. He looked at how you should make it in this world. And the Bible tells us, he ordained wisdom before. So when you become born again, you connect to something so ancient. You connect to something older than you. And that wisdom ages you. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It grows you. By God, some of you can walk hundreds and thousands of years in wisdom. That's the power of revelation. That's the power of revelation. Something can happen in your life by experience. And God can take you places. By the time you come back, you carry wisdom that certain people might need four times or five times or 20 times or 100 times to come back to receive. Because there are things that can never come in one lifetime. There's things you can never build in one lifetime. Only by God, the quickening of the Spirit connects you and folds spaces as you go in higher dimensions of revelation. Why is that important? Because there are places where only ancient wisdom will cause you to be functional, where other men cannot function. The Bible tells you where you will walk. <laughs> where other men cannot walk, where you will stand where other people cannot stand. Again, I'm not talking about of this world. It's brought to nothing. No. Talk about that which is of God. It's eternal. It's not time-bound. It does not expire. It's not corrupted. Somebody shout amen. And I've always told people that I think for me the most amazing experience of my life, Christianity, is how God places infinite things in a finite body. Do you know you're infinite? Do you know your one person cannot be interpreted fully? Why? Because the Bible tells us that God is in you. Who is the infinite being? Glory to God. And you are in Him which is the head of all principality, that infinite one. Infinity is in us as we are in it. No wonder when the Bible looks at you, it calls you peculiar, strange generation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, that you should show forth the praises, not survive, not fail, not struggle, not strife. Glory to God. I wish this is just not an idea that moves in your head, but it becomes an experience of your spirit in full understanding how unlimited by God you are. There is nothing in this world that can interpret you as a human being fully. No language has the power to put in words 
what God has revealed. In fact, he called it what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what has not entered the hearts of man. So for seekers, I think the fundamental question is, do you seek as an infinite being or a finite one? Do you seek as one which has been given grace to receive exceedingly abundantly above? Or do you pray as one who is a looted portion only to achieve to survive through life and be victimized by the circumstances of life? Everybody at the sound of my voice, every child of God has been given the grace to change this world. To change this world. All of us were called to greatness. We might not all be popular, but we will be great. Are you following what I'm saying? You might not be known by everybody, but you will live a great life. Somebody shout amen. So I went into studying to really understand what is this thing called the fear of the Lord? What is the fear of the Lord? And every time I read, I read commentaries, I read of a few theologians that I respected and love. And many of them, even though true, really go to the space of reverence. And that's really the term that they all define, which is actually true but I found a deeper language in understanding this reverence and one day I'm studying and it, it's right there in the scriptures because if you don't understand this fear of God of the Lord the Bible says wisdom is not begun in you now we have people who seem to know things when we're growing up I knew a person who literally knew where every portion of scripture was. You know those kinds of people? Where every portion, like you just mentioned, it's memorized here. But whenever it came to joining these things, I could see that these scriptures were not a revelation to this person. They were just crammed lines. It was just a wonderful brain cramming things. But they were not an experience in the life of that believer. And some of us are like that. I have met people who know the Bible, <laughs> but carry no revelation of God. They carry no revelation of the author or teacher. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's not enough to say, I understood all the scriptures in my head. You can split, split, split them, but not be able to connect them to define them in the mind of God in which he has given them for us. And Peter speaks of men when they had Paul. And these men, the Bible tells us, were unstable and unlearned. And everything Paul spoke, they twisted and wrestled with as they did the other scriptures. And the Bible says, this led to their own destruction. And how sad it is that it is possible for a man actually to be reading the Bible and they destroy themselves in scripture. Ah, but this thing was supposed to give us life. Oh yes, it was supposed to give you life. You see, there are laws that govern the interpretation of scripture. So back to what I was trying to tell us here. So we find that, oh yeah, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Then, 
with all that we learn, we see that revelation lingers. We cannot connect the things we're supposed to connect and see things by the eyes of God. With the optics of the Spirit that really help us bring the picture of God in the things we read are dim or blur. So you find a person struggling and they'd say, oh, you know, pastor, I read the word, but I don't understand it. I want to understand the Bible. I want to function in the wisdom that God has given us by Christ, but I can't. I just don't see the things that other people see. Or have you ever been in a place where you think you have read the scripture and you're sure you understand it? You've gone in front of it, behind it, gone in its circles, and you're sure nobody can ever bring anything out of it. And somebody just squeezes out something and you're like, how come I didn't see that? That's what I'm talking about. The eye that sees what you are not able to see. Revelation is a spirit. And I never want you to forget that. That's why the Bible calls him the spirit of revelation. And there are patterns and principles that God has given us. This thing called access has three major pillars. When you say, I want to access greater things in God. I want to access greater experiences in God. I want to access this and that in God. Access comes with three pillars. First pillar is grace or graces. Okay? There are things you are able to access by grace or graces operating on certain people. That there are places you might never be able to access. Maybe because you carry no pattern. And a man by impartation is able to pray over you to access. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what Ananias gave Saul when he was blind. He laid hands on him and the Bible says and his eyes were open. Not only were the physical eyes open, his spiritual eyes also had an experience while Ananias was ministering to him. Elisha was a normal prophet until a man cast a mantle on him. And from the 7,000, this one fellow carries the mantle of the chariot and the horseman of Israel. If he had not encountered Elijah that day, he would have stayed a normal man. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So some things can come through the graces operating on other people's lives. So you carry wisdom to receive of certain graces. Number two, the principles and patterns of the Spirit. So the principles of the Spirit are important. Number three, understanding the wisdom of seasons and times. Because when the Bible says a word fitly spoken, eh? the Bible speaks of a word fitly spoken. Now the word there fitly is in season spoken. You see, we're supposed to fitly speak words. We're supposed to speak words in season. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. In other words, translated, a word spoken in season is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. When the Bible says that the Lord has given me the tongue of the land to know how to speak to him that is weary. But the Bible says in season. To know how to speak in season to him that is weary. 
some of us don't know that certain things really work most when they're spoken in the right season. If they're not spoken in the right season, they might not work for you. So these three are important for reconciliation. That I must carry the principles, the grace, and understand the seasons in which certain words are applied. Because if you carry seasons but carry no principle, you're in trouble. If you carry principle and season but without grace, you're in trouble. If you carry graces and seasons but without principle, you're in trouble. All these three are important for us to access. And in all of these things, again, wisdom is profitable. Do you understand now the importance of wisdom? So when a man says, oh, I know. You're actually talking about I know. Remember, knowledge <laughs> is third place. When the Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing, knowledge is third place. Because scripture tells us, with wisdom a house is built. With understanding a house is established. And by knowledge shall all the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. What does that mean? Knowledge comes last. So to know what you carry, no understanding of, no wisdom by principle is ignorance. Ignorance is not when you don't know what to say. Sometimes ignorance is when what you know to say is not actually what you should say. Higher. English. Who has understood what I just said? Ignorance in the world is a lack of knowledge. But in the scriptures, a man can be ignorant yet with knowledge. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? A man can carry knowledge but yet ignorant. Why? Because the foundations of understanding and wisdom are not in him. Wisdom comes first. Then from wisdom, you get into understanding. Then from understanding, knowledge comes. So that every knowledge that comes, you understand of its wisdom. Because if you don't know that, it means you're not, number one, able to preserve whatever you are able to access. Or number two, you're not able to multiply yourself or replicate what is operating on your life in another because you don't understand the principle or the way that leads you there. That's why in scripture we have men which stumble into certain things. Stumbling can be a blessing, but it can be dangerous too. Because it means you are operating in something by mistake. <laughs> Isaiah is praying and by mistake he finds himself in heaven. God is concluding a conversation and he says, whom shall we send? That's all he had and says, send me. Do you understand what I'm saying? As much as through that assignment and mandate was defined, it was not the will of God for him to stumble on a concluding conversation. Who has understood it? God is raising generations or people right now that will be able to connect to heaven and know that there is a meeting. <laughs> Paul says our conversations are in heaven from whence we look also for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our conversations, our conversations are in heaven. In heaven. From whence we look. From where we look. You know, we have people who have this misinterpretation. They get this all wrong. Every time they're in fellowship with God, they are ascending. 
<laughs> They're just ascending. It's just an improved work. When you live that kind of life, you cannot be effectively functional because every time you want a miracle, you'll have to conjure up some sort of step and stir yourself into the function of charismatos or charisma, the gift of God. You know those kinds of people first, baba, baba. now the anointing is here. Now they start to pray for the sick. And the sick can be healed because they're praying from down to up. Oh, and there are people who are praying from up. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Because they have understood that they are seated in Christ. For above all principalities and powers and dominions, they don't begin from the earth raising their prayers to heaven. Uh-uh. <laughs> we have those people, you even sing it in your song. As we lift our voice, as we raise our prayers, <laughs> we raise our supplications, we raise our thanksgiving from where? From down to up. And by the time they bring it, some of us were already up there. <laughs> Somebody say, I'm seated in Christ. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Do you understand that? That is why when you're seated up there, how do you know that you're seated up there? How you address the devil? Because if the devil is under you, how do you say, Father, please help me. Jesus, heal me. No, you're trying to go up. You're trying to ascend. <laughs> Glory to God. There are people who know where they are. The Bible says that our citizenship is in what? Heaven. Uh-huh. Our citizenship is in heaven. You're not citizens of the earth. Even though you are in the earth, the Bible says you're not of the earth. The Bible says that the first man is of the earth, earthy. And the second man, who? Jesus, is the Lord from above. And where does Jesus dwell? Ah, in you. Who has understood what I just said? So, you are the man from above. You are like him, made in his image. Are you following me? So you don't pray from down, Father. In fact, if you study the sign of false prophets in the end times, one of them is they shall pray for fire from heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? True men of God pray for fire from within. It's in there. Glory to God. <laughs> the Bible says he has placed eternity in their hearts. For us, we just pray fire out of our spirits. I wish you understand what I'm saying. You'll never lose peace because somebody sent you witchcraft. You'll never lose appetite because somebody says, we're going to be with you on Sunday. And then somebody says, pastor, pastor, pastor. They're bewitching me now. The things are moving. Things are moving in my back. Where are you? <laughs> when you understand where you're seated, they have to first. Thank you. You're seated far above. That's where your spirit man is. So your physical man might be here, but your spirit man is connected in higher places. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So yes, is that doing experience where in the flesh you're here, but spiritually there's something that has placed you up there 
And that's from where we fight. That's from where we pray. That's from where we believe. That's from where we worship. That's from where we understand. That's from where we study. Are you following what I'm saying? Back to what I was trying to tell us. So, the Lord took me on a journey. But I want to give you today to help you. In Proverbs chapter 2 verses 1, he says, My son, or child, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. You see what came first? Wisdom. And then what? Understanding. Verses 3, Yeah, if thou criest after knowledge, which came third? Uh-huh. And liftest up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord. Who is getting where I'm going? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Understand the things up before, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you begin in wisdom and then it foundationally starts to build your life, that is when you'll experience what very few people in the world experience or are able to see in God. That's why some of us We've not gone through what many people across the world, believers, have gone through. And we do sympathize and feel so sorry for them. Because not many people are able to understand this that I'm trying to share. This is the secret of the beginning of wisdom. Some of you just prefer somebody to just come and tell you, next year, you're going to America. Yeah! And then you ask her, okay, Nambi. Not real names. You're going to America for what? Greener pastures. What? I thought the Lord was your shepherd. <laughs> I thought you shall not want. I thought he leads you. Besides what? Green pastures. You see? So America becomes the green pasture. And then she goes to America. Then she gets a job. And then she gets on credit. And borrows everything. And then works to pay until they bring her back in a body bag. And then probably she built one house somewhere deep there. Well, not mentioned because <laughs> some of you will hug me. And then she says, the Lord has been good. She even cries because I remember where I came from. That was your fallen nature. <laughs> the spirit man did not come from your village. Who has understood what I just said? So I'm not saying it's wrong to remember your history. I mean the fallen man. But that man is not you anymore. So that's not where you came from. Who has understood what I just said? Do you get it? You don't say, oh, I know where I came from. What do you mean? If you're a new creation, all things are passed away and all things are become new and all things are of God which has reconciled us to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Some of you bear records of your fallen nature 
and you think that that's you. No, no, that man died long ago. In fact, when you're crying, say, I'm just reminded of the one who died, where he came from. That's the right language. This new creature came from God. He's incorruptible, not born of flesh or blood, not the will of man. The Bible says he's born of God. That one has never seen naku. What's that in English? Bad days. Huh? Somebody says the Lord lifts the poor from the dunghill and sets them up among the princes. That portion of scripture is true for a man who is not born again. But a man who is not born again is not poor. He's not born in poverty. <laughs> the poor one died. Are you following what I'm saying? When they say among princes, you're the prince. <laughs> Why? Because you're children of a king. <laughs> Glory to God. You're royalty. You're royalty. You're royalty. Are you following? Now, this is hard for some of you who are so conscious of your fallen nature that you are conscious of what God has done in you through the new man. So anyway, back to what I was saying. He tells his son to receive his words and hide his commandments with him. Now, when you study the Hebrew word there for hide, it's taufan, taufan. And taufan means to treasure. Now, let me read it again. My son, if you receive my words and treasure them, and then incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding and cry after knowledge. See, all of these things, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, they follow, but they begin with this one thing, understanding how to treasure the word. When you're talking about neo-Pentecostalism, the new version of Pentecostalism, it's almost as though every piece of revelation is a transactional experience. I need a job. Let me read the word to help me know how to get a job. I need a husband. Let me listen to a preacher who will break this generational curse that has refused me to get married. I need promotion. Let me listen to this someone to promote me. Literally, they don't carry a relationship or an intimate relationship with the word. They carry transactional receipts with the word. So whatever can be applied to meet their need, that's exactly what they want. So they say, oh man, I like that preacher. He preaches exactly like what I need. But really they mean what I lust for or what I want in that particular point is what he teaches about. And much as that is important for somebody to find a voice that reconciles with your seasons and times, it's a grace. Deeper than that, there's this thing beating in the heart of God. Where is the purpose in everything I'm trying to build in your life? You need a man, but where is the purpose for him? You need a job, but where is the purpose for him? You need children for it. You need children, but where is the purpose for those children? You need a promotion, but to what end is this beneficial to the kingdom? Now imagine you are God and your children are seeking for only revelation to take what they need from you. But they don't carry intimacy, neither treasure what you have given them. No, understand the price of what you've given them. That's a new version of Pentecostalism. 
In fact, scripturally, that's whoredom. That's whoredom. It's like prostitution to God because you're using his word only to get what you want. But you have not found a relationship to be intimate with him to understand what he wants or what's relevant for your destiny. Who is following what I'm saying? And I'm helping somebody. So he's saying instead of just receiving my words to get your job, treasure them first. I don't mind everything else the word is supposed to bring because it is supposed to give you that. But firstly, treasure it. Understand the essence of treasuring my word. When you learn to treasure, now you're learning the fear of the Lord. Treasure comes first. Then wisdom comes. Then understanding. Then knowledge. He says, if you seek these things as silver and search them out as for hid treasures, he says, then the fear of the Lord is revealed to you. You have to examine yourself. How much do you treasure the Word of God? I'm not saying how much do you need. Some of you already know how much you need it. You need a revelation to get that body, that disease out of your body. Or if you don't get that revelation, you could die. So it's evident that you need to be taught so you can come into the place of healing or receive your healing. And that's okay to need. I'm talking about treasure. Because not everything we need, we really treasure and to know the difference is great maturity so when you go to Job 23 verses 11 that's exactly what he's saying he's still defining this treasure he says my foot has held his steps his ways have I kept and not declined neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips for I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food esteem there tofan is the very word that was used as hiding in the verses and chapter that I read before in Proverbs chapter 2 it's exactly what he's saying because I treasure the word of God I love it I esteem it I honor it more than necessary food more than necessary food what does that look like necessary food he did not say that I esteem it more than food come on he said I esteem it more than necessary food necessary some of you you say breakfast is the best meal of the day well I can debate that I can debate that because that began with advertising campaigns of the guys that were selling cereal there are people who have not taken breakfast and they are healthy hello so <laughs> some of you breakfast is an important meal of a day you got it as a line it's embedded in your system by 9 a.m. your body is already shaking you can't even write why you've not had what the most necessary food and if you study yourself it began when you read that line or had it. Your body was synchronized to that reality. Some of you, before you met it, whether you had breakfast or you didn't, there was no difference. Now, you must put something in that stomach. By midday, you'd be gone. They'll be pronouncing you dead. One day, remember, we announced the fast and somebody asked for an appointment. And then they sat there and they said, Papa, I want to apologize. I thought I would fast. But 
I tried in the morning. I said, I'm going to fast the whole day. So you say that some of us can juice. So I took yogurt and I thought that it would hold me. But by one, I couldn't see. <laughs> I said, God. Now this one's necessary food is much. They are more clay than they are treasure. Let me tell you something. There are three powers God will give you. Power over yourself, power over your possessions, and power with men. And the first experience of power over yourself is how much you eat. That's why the Bible says gluttony is a sin. Some of you don't lie, you don't cheat. Naaman. Do you know why Jesus has a problem with that? Because you can't hear God eating a certain way. Don't deceive yourself. You can't. You try anything. Try any man who hears God. You realize they are tamed in their eating. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you learning something? So the man said, I desired, I treasured your word more than necessary food. Meaning that every time the word of God is available for Job, he puts down anything he wants and seeks for that word like a man would want necessary food. I was reading a story about some Jewish rabbis and they have traditions in how they read the word from olden days because they understand this thing called treasure more than many of us are able to understand in our pragmatic languages. And I learned very early. Uh, do you know when they're reading the book of Song of Songs, they even remove shoes because it's that holy. You see what I'm saying? Treasure. You see? <laughs> Somebody says, I'm going to listen to a someone. And then you switch it on. And then you're on Facebook. And then you're on WhatsApp. And then you're on TV. Watching World Cup. And then you're turning. And I know some of you now. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a guy right now. I think he's on his phone. He's in service now. But he's on the internet checking. Ghana and Portugal. Then they see. One, zero. Then they put the phone back. Hallelujah! <laughs> Why? That means you despise wisdom. That means you despise wisdom. As hard as that can be, that means you despise wisdom. Somebody's in service, and that's the day they remember that conversation that can wait. They're seated in the church, and as they're praying right now, she taps her friend, Pa. Hmm. Uh -huh. Do you know Michaela is pregnant? in service. Huh? Shh. And then some mean believer looks at them like, like, what's wrong with you? Are you following what I'm saying? The world understands these principles. When you're going to meet the president, they'll tell you, leave your phones behind. Because there should be no voice speaking when the fountain of honor is speaking. When a Muslim is entering a mosque, he will put his phone out and do his solar uninterrupted 
in Islam, even if war erupts and you're in the middle of a swala, you just continue. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin. Rahman. They just continue. Our Christians, even if something just knocks, I mean, you just need to walk in late, and then they be like, and then after, Hallelujah! No, no, I'm not saying it. Oh, you didn't get the joke. Oh my God, were you even following? Are you getting it? Treasure the word. Treasure the word. When you're in the presence, I remember one time I was in this high school, <laughs> Budo, and I'm preaching, and this girl is talking to another girl in the back. They are talking and they are talking, and in a vision of the spirit, I'm taken in the life of this girl who they are talking to, and she has a deadly migraine, and that was the day God was going to deliver her. So I'm studying my spirit, and I say, "Hey, little girl, speaking in the back, that friend you've been speaking to, young woman, stand up." She stands up. Then I said, "How often do you have the migraines that attack you?" And she said, "Very often." And I said, "How many know this girl?" Says some kid says, "Yeah, she has very bad migraines. Sometimes it hits her so bad, she's not even able to see." I think. And I told her, "And God wants to deliver you today." And there's a girl who has been talking to you from the beginning, since I started preaching, till now. Your message of healing is in this room right now, but the devil is speaking on some other person. You know, some of you must discern. Perhaps what you're asking God that has been disturbing you the next, the past fifteen or ten years, is coming in the next second, and then somebody taps you. Michaela is pregnant. Huh? By the time you are, huh? the word has gone. Some of you sit in the word and you wander off. Somebody right now sitting, but your brain is somewhere. It's <laughs> somebody just opens your brain. Ah yeah yeah yeah, ah yeah yeah yeah. You're further than some people who are watching right now online, but you're there present. You learn to exercise your spirit and train it to treasure revelation. It's amazing when God sees you turn to take notice of everything that comes in oracle. Then revelation will start coming, because it means the fear of the Lord is upon you. You search everything out to make sure you receive everything to the last letter. You go back home, you study, you write notes, you examine, you look around, you look around this thing, and Father, go and study Hebrew and Greek and make sure you've gotten to the deepest form and core of that revelation. Now wisdom is come. Because you treasure the word of God. Parents, teach your children that when it's time to pray, nothing moves. It might mean you might need to run a bit mad and wah. But when we're in prayer, nothing moves. I remember one time I was praying with somebody. We are praying. And then they got the phone and left me. Hello? Hey, hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, okay. I'm praying. Eh? I'll get back to you. God, you understand? Eh? Then they came back. Mm, yes, Jesus. 
not even in the shrines can they do that. Somebody has gone to which doctor? They've gone for a satanic ritual. They can't do that. We only do it in the grace dispensation. Then we ask ourselves why <laughs> our generation is indifferent to power. Talk about raw power. Why? Because we take wisdom, we esteem it lightly. We esteem it lightly. When you sit in the word, sit in it like it's more than necessary food, like you can't avoid to eat. When you sit in it, let nothing take you off. Nothing. Pause everything and tell God, this is what I need. More than anything. You're going to be amazed because the moment, you remember the story of Moses? He sees a burning bush. And the Bible says, and when the Lord saw that Moses turned to see, when he turned to ponder, the Bible says, then the voice, God started speaking. Because if Moses had ignored what he had seen, trust me, God would not have called him back. But when Moses turned to see, God called him, the Bible says, out of the midst of the bush. He was waiting. God will throw things to linger, to provoke your spirit for some sort of appetite and hunger for it. Then he'll wave it at you to see. And unfortunately, many people look at that and then they turn to Facebook and then they turn to TikTok and then they turn to Instagram and then they talk to the next WhatsApp video that somebody sent them last evening because they would rather laugh. And many of you are like that. And you ask yourself why you have a lot of things in your life. Why you're struggling with things that you cannot deal with. Why? Because you do not esteem the word of God. When God wants to send something to you, your spirit cannot attend to it like it's gold or silver. Unbeliever told me, oh, you know, I was not able to come to church. I say, why? Because uh, it rained. So I asked them, what if somebody told you that I'm going to give you half a million dollars if you come now and it was raining? What would you do? If you say that I would still not go because it's raining, I pity your parents. No further words there. If you'd say I would run in that rain to get half a million dollars, then you're wiser because you're redeeming time. And this creator of the universe, the author of life and all wisdom as we know it, the owner of gold and silver, needs intimacy with you and you say I'm not going to go to service that day somebody sent me a picture of a group of guys watching football in Europe and it was so frozen and cold that guys had ice on their hair huh? I think they were Irish and they were still watching football and I said what a God what a God that a man would freeze his bones over just to see boys chasing a ball. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. I became jealous. You know, every time I see these stadiums and they're full of people, I'm like, Lord, how much have these men, everyone paid to come and sit in a stadium for this God? Why don't we fill stadiums too? 
Why don't we see men coming, gathering on cold and hot days without matter how bad it was? I mean, the other ones, first season tickets. These ones, it's even free. But I'm dreaming of those days where it will rain or shine or it will freeze or heat. And people are just there because they desire the word of God. That's the generation that's going to see the move of God like we have never seen in human history. Somebody shout amen. If you have noticed, for those of you who have come to Fanero for these years, you're going to notice one thing, that we leave you hungry enough to go back and search. It's really hunger that brings you. There are many things you'd be doing this Thursday. Oh my goodness. There are many places you can be. Some of you even told somebody, today's Thursday, I gotta go to church. Are you following what I'm saying? Now imagine if we draw men like that and the church starts to see God that way where you can give excuse for anything but not your time with God, not the word. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't come. Oh, I was busy. And you're like, but what were you busy about? Really? Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes, some people are really busy. But some are just not busy. They just have more options, better options, other things to do. The word of God comes secondary or third or fourth. It's not priority because it's not treasure. Now, as easy as this might sound, it is so deep because nobody can tell you love the word. It's an experience only God can give as revelation starts to come. As I'm imprinting some things on your eyes or your spirits, God must put that thing inside you. When you get the word, sit on it like, study the word like it's all you have. When I understood this thing back in the day, for, I've been living like this for a couple of years. Oh my goodness. I muse. Oh, I entertain. I <laughs> once I'm in the what? Maroko shida bazegaro katola pa. Do you understand what I'm saying? I just feel like inside there something is dancing because some of us have found this treasure. It's no longer this thing I'm reading just to get by or to preach to you this Thursday. No, it's something that. I cannot do without. I must find something that connects me to truth every day because if I don't, it's like when you are dealing, some of you have never dealt with drug addicts. We have dealt with some. I'm a pastor. The parents tell them, you're going to die. What? You put everything and this ninja here has everything and still goes back and locks the room. Pa! <laughs> now imagine the word of God took that place. I think it was Paul who spoke of people which were addicted to the gospel. Was it Paul? He talked of people which were addicted. They were not just attending. They were addicted to the gospel. That's why God wants you to get addicted. I beseech you, brethren, and you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruit of a care and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They are addicted. When a man is addicted to the presence, you struggle to get them out. You fight to take them to rehab. Glory to God. And how do you know you're addicted? When people start saying things like, it seems where you're going, eh? That church, eh? Something is wrong with you. <laughs> how many of you have heard that? Somebody told you, but... <laughs> you had the time for football, you know, wrong. Something is not right. That brother. No, 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 brother. No, 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 no. Something is eating them. They don't know how to explain it, but they can't live without it. That's where God wants us. That's a man positioned 
for wisdom. That's the fear of the Lord. No wonder David says, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of your word. My heart stands in awe of your word. And he says, and I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. When David was reading the word, he was not like, when David was reading the word, he would get it and just read and say, Oh, my God, that's so God, Ali. This is a man reading the word. Glory to God. He was in awe. He would read the word and say, eh. Everything hits him. Mm. For me, when it comes, I just do like this and I say, You understand what I'm saying? I say, whatever hit you, and you feel like you want to scream, and then sometimes I get my pillow and I say, I don't want anyone to hear me, but oh my God, this is, oh! You rejoice as if your phone spoiled. Glory to God. You read the word and start dancing alone and they say, what's wrong with you? They think, no, 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 something has come in there. Something has stirred you. You understand that's treasure right there. Glory to God. But some of you, you read the word like it's newspapers. No, don't read the word like newspapers. Read it like it's the word of God. Really like it is God speaking to you. Make it even personal. Make notes. Don't even be afraid and say, this, Lord, this morning the Lord was talking to me. And bust over it. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. We miss those old days where our, you remember those old preachers? The Tukutenderza movements? The 1979 guys? Oh, these guys hold their Bibles like. <laughs> Some of you, you don't even have one on your phone. Your parents bought your Bible. You don't even know where it is. Oh, these guys loved the word. I mean, the guy opens it and says, Hey! Even just looking at the word, they put them under their pillows because he wants to wake up and read it. I'm not just talking about carrying it because you fear Banyanya, right? <laughs> no. You fear people who will arrest you because you don't have one. Or some used to do that. But I'm talking about those ones who carried the word because they esteemed it. That's the Puritan movement. They used to call it. They say that in the days of a Puritan, when you cut a man, they would bleed scripture. They, oh, these guys read the word. That's the voice behind the, all the revivals that hit the United States of America. The word of God was inside them. Scripture would just fly. Boo, 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 boo. Why? Because the abundance, the abundance, the abundance is there. They just overflow and you feel the mouth speaking oracles, demystifying and connecting things. They sit on conversations and even in a conversation, revelation comes and hits you. What they didn't even study comes into understanding and reconciles is something because as they are speaking, the Spirit of God is revealing. That's what they call to be an unctioned person. Because you must love the word. You must rejoice at the word. When you hear the word, say, Father, I thank you for this word. It has done me so well. I feel blessed. That's what he's saying in Matthew 13, 44. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a what? Field. The which when a man has found, he hideth or treasures, for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has and buyeth that field. The man found a treasure in the field. He didn't dig it out. He sold everything he had and bought the whole field. He honors the treasure so much that he will buy the field. Who has understood what I just said? 
he honors the treasure so much i said again that he would buy the field he'll sell everything and buy that field and men who have moved or walked there understand the price of truth and the bible says buy truth and sell it not in fact so fun also means to buy buy truth and sell it not because there's a price to revelation Do you understand what I'm saying? And we thank God for grace. Because grace is the revealer of how it's paid. Because it is paid. But there is a price. It's a spirit of sacrifice. Some of you don't understand this. But whether you want it or not, you need to have time for God. And when you get in that time, be jealous for that time. Not even a billion dollars can take me out of prayer when I start praying. Ask my wife. Nothing. She doesn't if he's praying, even if you tell him that so-and-so is on his door. If he's praying, nothing, nothing in this world, nothing. If I'm with my God, they know. Because that's jealous. I treasure that. Treasure that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Build that kind of lifestyle. You'll be amazed at how wisdom will come to you. You'll be amazed at how understanding will come to you. You'll be amazed at how much knowledge will come to you. And once that comes, once that comes, you're going to see how much glory will be arrayed in your life. When you're in the presence sit in the presence like there is nothing else when you pray pray like there is nothing else when you're studying your devotional hang up the phone calling you first and finish with god then answer and they ask you oh but i called you it was urgent i say yeah there was some more urgent i had to attend to what god anything can wait because he holds everything nothing can fall out of line when you're with him nothing and there's nothing he cannot reconstruct there's nothing he cannot rebuild. One man told me long ago, no time in the presence of God is wasted. But you see, even deeper, no time in the presence of God is not redeeming. Every time you spend in the presence of God, some of you have been sitting here for one hour, two hours, you're saving yourself. Many, many troubles. Some people, when they get into certain things, you'll just fly over. Like nothing ever seemed to happen. Attend to the word. Years ago, when we were still a smaller congregation, I brought that portion of scripture where the word became scarce in Amos. The Bible says men ran to and fro, searching for the word. And young virgins fainted for thirst. And the Lord told us those days will come where people will do anything and pay anything to come and know the God you know. Because the language you will speak 
will not be just a simple and it will not just be the vocabulary under which you speak but the authority by which you speak and the things you command when you speak and you don't need to be on the pulpit wherever you will be some of you will speak words and a hungry one will come seeking they don't even need to be teaching through the word directly but by whichever means or way those words are going to come with such a weight that they'll provoke somebody to change they'll provoke somebody to align and realign that's where we're going this world is hungry and God is looking for people like you even in your workplace you will not need to say everything as articulate as another person says it people don't listen to us because we speak the best English in the world but because we speak by a certain authority and that is enough to plant to rebuild to uproot to heal to deliver to transform now that language is deeper than any vocabulary and people listening to me right now god wants to give you such wisdom as of in its manifestation because it's already given to you by christ through faith but i'm talking about the law of translation that which manifests what you've already been given by christ talk to god 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 father forgive us well, we've esteemed your word lightly. We repent. It should work for us. It should work for us. Everything. Everything. Lord, you are. Everything to me, everything, everything, Lord, you are everything to me, my treasure, my priority.
Tell him you're my everything. Lord, you are. You're my everything. today we will treasure your word more than necessary food and I believe many of us at the sound of my voice have been doing that but this word comes to take us to the next level amazingly I heard the word from the Holy Spirit and the word was impartation impartation and the impartations were the spirit of revelation. Power the Holy Ghost! Receive it in the name of Jesus. May God reveal himself to you more than you have ever dreamed or imagined. May things start and be birthed in your spirit. May you see things many people are not able to see. May you hear things many people are not able to hear. May you connect to graces that many people are not able to connect to. May the word of God break out through you in such a way that every time you speak, the revelation of God on your life will indeed be new wine. It will reveal the latest oracle for every season and time. May it bring life to the poor. May it resuscitate the dying. May it redeem the fainting. May it change seasons and days for men. May it heal as you're speaking. May miracles happen as you're speaking. May wonders happen as you're speaking. 
May the lame walk as you're speaking. May the blind see as you're worshiping God. May tumors disappear as you're worshiping God. May God take you to the next level of revelation and wisdom. May the word speaking on you start to reveal ancient wisdom, ancient oil, ancient glory. May you change the things that man knew cannot be changed. May you write history in your time. May you leave an indelible mark. The one day when you're in heaven, those that will write after you if Christ is not back will say truly, there was a man, there was a woman in that generation that uniquely knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. Say, I receive it, it is mine. I receive it, it is mine. That is the fear of the Lord. That is the fear of the Lord. Not your acts of religion. Some people think that when they go in the church and they do like, they think that's fearing God. That's not fearing God. Fearing God is treasuring His Word. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. I'm a new creature. I begin a new chapter for my life. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our week fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.